Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. And welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside Michael McNamara doing our annual Halloween Tricks or Treats show. We are live on WCAP this morning, so if you have any questions, give us a ring. 978-454-4980 is the number. Again, that's 978-454-4980. All right. All right, I have to repeat that trick before the commercial because it's an important one. We're trying to drive home a point here, folks, okay? Okay. The trick is you cannot time the markets and get in and out when you think you should or when you're afraid. Okay. Okay? So in in the last 20 years, 2001 to 2020, the stock market had a 7.5% return, okay, which was uh, hopefully about as low as it gets in a 20-year period of time because we had two big bear markets and a COVID hiccup in that time frame. So 7.5% is the market average. If you happen to be out of the market for the best 10 days in that 20 years, your return went from 7.5% to 3.4%. Yep. If you missed the best 20 days, your return went to seven-tenths of a percent. Wow. If you missed the best 30 days, you fortunately only lost one and a half percent per year. And if you missed the best 40 days, your return was minus 3.4% per year for 20 years. Wow. Okay, folks, one cannot know the future and you have to accept that as one of the first three or four commandments of being a good investor. I'm, I'm sorry. You cannot know the future. And if you think you do, you're going to probably be wrong. That's just, just what the world says here or what history says. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you think about it, right, I mean, it sounds, that sounds like a lot. But then you, you think about those days when we get particular amounts of volatility, right? You, you know, you're missing days when the stock market might go up, you know, 5% or even 10% in a given day. Yeah. And so, you know, if you, once you start to add those numbers, up, you get to you get a significant drop in your return, right? If you if you miss if you miss 10 percent up days, that's a that's a lot yeah. of money. Yeah, and yep. by the way, uh, and, and this is uh, this is well relatively recent. So uh, every time we have a presidential election, we get a few calls. Yeah, for people being nervous, and we that especially happened uh, the last time around, not with Mr. Biden, but with Mr. Trump. That the people, a whole bunch of people, had some very con- nervous concerns about that. We yep. we had more than average uh, nervous folks, and and they wanted to just bail out of the market because that the fellow was going to become president. Well, again, yeah. that that's part of the you don't know the future. And by the way, the markets went up very fine during that presidency, and I'll come to that in a moment. But yep. the bottom line is, 
don't get in and don't get out. Go for the big ride with a diversified portfolio for a long enough time. The odds are with you. Not guaranteed, but the odds are with you. Right. Just and you know, just Oct- you know, October of 2008 had two days that 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 had upwards of 10% returns yeah, in it. There, and again, they they there you go. they tend to have a lot of these are you know if you take a look at the largest trading days, big bunches. Yeah, big uh, bunches. Well, I'm sure down and up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of them will happen at times when you when you really aren't expecting to see a, a big increase, right? You got you know all these all these top 20. I'm you know it's 1933, 1931, uh, 2000, uh, 2020, which is you know which is COVID, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. All these you know 29. Yeah, they're all basically in the, in the depths of, of bear markets. They come right in the middle of the bad times. Yeah, <laughs> which is how they end, by the way. That's so, right. Yeah, exactly. And so if you if you're if you yeah. bail out and you start to miss those ups, you uh, you can hurt your hurt your yeah. return pretty significantly. So if you're a market maven and a market timer, it doesn't matter who's president. Just write that down long term. Yeah. All right. So uh, trick. Uh, and again, we're focusing on the markets here for a little bit longer, and then we're going to get into some uh, financial planning type tricks and treats here. But okay, okay. So, uh, so anything I quote here, I'm not making up. I'm quoting from a J.P. Morgan quarterly guide to the markets. So All right, we've think. moved from Charles Schwab data to yep, J.P. Yep. Morgan's guide to the markets. They do they do a quarterly guide to the markets as yep. well. Okay, so trick, the market go- goes down. On an, an intra year average of 14.3% every year. Okay, let me let me explain that in English. Folks, if you take any 12-month year, uh, an annualized year, January to December, yep. and during that time, on average, there's a period of time where the stock market goes down more than 14%. Maybe it was from May 1st to June 3rd, or this, that, or the other thing. But on average, in any calendar year, the U.S. Standard & Poor's 500, there'll be a period of time where it averages minus 14.3%. Yep. Okay? So that's the trick. The treat is that doesn't matter because that's normal behavior. That's right. So even though the average year in the S&P 500 is positive yep. because it, it must be um, the average year also has a negative 14%, 14.3%. Yes. Next macroeconomic point. It don't go up in a straight line, folks. That's not the way investments work. It's a series of yep. bumps and bruises or hills and valleys, and that's just how it is. Okay. All right. Treat. The 2020 projected federal budget deficit is $5.5 trillion. 5.5. Say that again. Expense. Yep. Okay. So so the... the, the, That's the the deficit. Yeah. The the deficit. Okay. In other words, okay, uh, our our expenses are 5.5 trillion. That's the treat. Government's giving away money. The trick is our revenue is 4.4 trillion. Yeah. That sounds right. All right. So let's see. We're spending 5.5 trillion. We're... Earning 4.4 trillion. How do you make that math work? I don't know. You make that math work by borrowing money. Hey, that's the <laughs> secret to getting elected. In Economic growth. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. I sure hope, my yeah. son. Okay. So, anyway, that is a trick, folks. Just be mindful of that. Okay, that is a trick. All right. All right. Sorry, I'm just getting I'm just getting text soccer text updates here. Oh, right? okay. you know, if I'm, I if I'm a doing, little distracted. No, I you think you I was doing show related stuff. No, hey. Charlotte's Charlotte's playing very well against Burlington. Good, uh, good to know. Here, so. Well, I'm glad to know I'm carrying the show here this morning. Okay, <laughs> oh. all right, moving right along. <laughs> all right, uh, so trick. Okay, the one year range for Standard and Poor's 500 volatility. High and low, one year. Take a guess. High and low. You mean the difference Percent. between the high yeah. and the low? In well, the, just in the what's of the year? biggest in, in a calendar year? What's yeah. the biggest the S and P's ever gone up? What's the biggest it's ever gone down? Oh man, I'm gonna guess it's somewhere near forty for the low and somewhere near like eighty for the high. Plus forty-seven, minus thirty-nine. Wow, plus 47, that's it, huh? I thought, plus I thought 47, okay. So in a calendar year, okay, if you just bought the market for one year, folks, you could you could have been up 47 or down 39. 
Hello. Okay. Hello. That's, that's, that's a big range. That's one year, folks. All right. Folks, if you just bought the market and closed your eyes for 10 years, all right, the range is, take a guess, up or down range. It's, it's plus 47 and down 39 for a one-year hold. Ooh, okay. For a 10-year hold, what's the range? I'm going to guess it's... It's, it can't be all that negative, if, if negative at all. I'll, I'll say down. Um, is is the negative an annualized number? Yep. Or if it, or if it is on the lower yeah, end. Yeah, annualized. Yep. Negative one percent versus. Right on. Oh, really? Is that right? Right on. Yeah. And versus a plus what? Versus a plus. I'm going to say it's plus like fifteen or sixteen. Nineteen. Oh, not bad. Wow, twenty you get, years. You for... got a future in this business. Okay. <laughs> anyway, folks, did I've taken a lot of your quizzes. Did, so, <laughs> <laughs> folks, did, did you get that? If I hold it just for a year, it can be up forty-seven or down thirty-nine. But if I held it for ten years, I'm no, I'm not. I'm only up nineteen, but I'm only down minus one. Okay. Hello. Think about that for a moment, folks. Time heals a lot of volatility concerns. Is the short story. Or the longer you go, the easier it gets. Yeah. Okay. That's the difference. Oh, yeah. I wish. I wish I had a. I'll see if I can pull up a, an investment calculator quickly. But I mean, the, the difference in in the value of that. I mean, the downside is. You you invested some money and you're down 10% 10 years later, right? If you're down one per well, year. Okay. That, that, by the way, that's if you had 100% stocks and if you didn't, uh, and if they didn't have, div well, if they did have dividends that you collected. But yep, that's correct. That's right. Not, nothing says it's guaranteed, but the 10 years you didn't get your head handed to you. And if you had some international stocks and bonds in your portfolio, guess what? You probably had a 2 or 3% return, if not more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I wanted to, I, I wonder how much. Go ahead and search while I go to the next one then. Let me, you can come back on this. You ready? All right. You're not checking Charles' score now, right? You're looking for some research <laughs> there, right? Okay. All right. Trick. Cryptocurrency is oh. confusing and volatile. That's that's true. You okay with that? Yeah, I would say so. Very so. Treat. Don't invest in anything you don't understand. Okay. You okay with that? Yeah. I thought you'd be. That's pretty generic. Any comments on that before I move on or what? No, I mean, I think... <sighs> I mean, we, so, you know, with, in interest of full disclosure, we've been sort of skeptics on cryptocurrency as an investment, right? I mean, I guess we, we can if define wanna, investment versus yeah. speculation. Gamble. If you want to gamble, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and we, we certainly have some clients who I'm sure own crypto, or maybe more than actually tell us because maybe yeah. they're, maybe they, they, <laughs> they don't want us to give them a hard time. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I would say in, in generally speaking, you, you don't want to invest in anything as a long-term holding until you understand it. We are certainly skeptics on cryptocurrency because it's you know purely supply and demand driven. There's no reason that it necessarily has to exist two years from now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it may well, it may not. It could be regulated out of existence. So we are, I say we are skeptics on that. And, and uh, yeah, it is very, very complicated. Yeah. I've, actually, I've been thinking about creating McMoney. McMoney, yeah. McMoney, what do you think? Uh, McNamara? We have, yeah, we have, we have, uh, <laughs> we have listeners on the North, North Shore yeah. and South Shore. Yeah. We could probably get, think get we could a, fool a few, a few people into that or what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Okay. Okay. Trick. Calendar 2021 inflation, looking back a year, 5.4% in the last 12 months. Wow. Annualized inflation. Yep. Holy cow. Okay. Once again, trick. 2021 inflation in the U.S. is 5.4% and the highest in a long time. Okay. Treat. Be glad you don't live in Venezuela. <laughs> Give me a guess. Venezuelan inflation this year. Oh, man. Come on. 2,000%. 5,500%. Oh, I was low. <laughs> <laughs> you want to think about that for a minute? Yeah. That is frightening. Yeah. Just frightening. That's so, not the sign of an economy that's working yeah, yeah. working well, unfortunately. So we have yeah. 5%. Venezuela has 5,500%. And we're talking about how high it is. Yeah. So wait a minute. So yeah. it, by the way, so wait a minute. No. So... Uh, like, what's a hamburger these days? If you go, uh, three bucks? That's a great question. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I mean, like a McDonald's, like the cheapest yeah. hamburger yeah, yeah. you can get. Or, or a McMeal, four, four or five. Let's see, we have a $5 McMeal. I'm uh, making this up. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's oh, what, happy? Is it, you're talking about a Happy Meal? Yeah, what, okay. So what's 5,500% yeah. of five bucks? I, <laughs> I don't even know how to do the math that's so big, right? <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could probably do that. All right, wait a minute now. So we'll see. you got to multiply by 55 times. Just multiply by 55 times. Yeah, yeah. So it's five bucks. 
Okay, here, whatever it costs for a McMeal. 550%. Yeah. So no, no, 5,500%. Yeah. So it was a $5 meal. So 55 times. Yeah, $5. If, if a Happy Meal was $5, I, you know what? Yeah. In full disclosure, I, we have no idea what a Happy Meal costs. Okay, either one of we, us. Whatever. I'm making it up. If you could buy a meal at McDonald's, <laughs> Wendy's, or whatever, for five bucks. Yeah. Hey, what, what is it? 200? Next year at 5,500% inflation, yeah. it's $280. Yeah, okay. Hello? Okay, yeah. so yes, inflation's bad, but compared to some other folks, we're not in bad shape given the circumstances. That's just how it is. Yeah. Okay. All righty. So I'm, I'm kind of through the, the money stuff. Of course, this is a money show, but it's also, a, we said financial, and money's part of financial, but you know, people's behavior and other things. So I'm mostly through that. I got a few more to go. Actually, I got about 100 to go. We got plenty of time here. Anyway, here we go. Uh, I'm going to go trick. In 2020, we had the fastest bear market ever, 33 days. That is a, yeah. 33 days, okay? Treat. In 2020, we had the fastest bull market ever, 123 days. The uh, recovery. Yep. The recovery from yep. the bear market, yep. the, the preceding bear market. Yep. 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 Okay. So, so, so. By the way, think about that for a minute, please. That is 153 days, top to well, 156. You're done. Yeah. Okay. You're done. That's less okay. than a half a year. Go. Who? Who, who figured? Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Trick. I. We seem to have a very divided country this year. <laughs> okay. Now I was thinking about this. Okay, compared to, I should you know let me let me just let me just jump back to yeah. the to the previous. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect that necessarily going through, going forward, right? I mean, so you know, bear markets tend to be. I think th that one happened so quickly. Yeah, it was know, a COVID and, hiccup. Yeah, and it was it yeah. was very specific to the you know the kind of the circumstances in the global economy, um, and so I wouldn't expect that level. Of, you know, usually the driver of a bear market is is kind of more you know, is more persistent, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's okay. an economic recession, stuff like that. So I wouldn't, you know, you know, yeah. I wouldn't get used to that. I'm telling people not to get used to a lot these days, yeah. including stock market returns. It but, was a hiccup. Uh, you know, we have a, uh, we have a telephone call. Let's go to JB in Tingsboro. JB, are you there? Oh, how you doing? We're doing well. What can we do for you? I made two questions. The first, talk to me about tips bonds and bonds. Are they a good thing to get now, right now, or not? What's in general? Give me some general information, please. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, so you know, we we do use. Tips. Tip, oh. Tips are, you know, for, for the for the listeners who may not be familiar, uh, TIPS stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Uh, the way that they work is, you know, unlike most bonds, which are sold with a set coupon payment, right? You buy your, you know, you, you buy your $10,000 bond. Uh-oh, did we lose him? We lost him. I, okay. think he, I think he had a bad connection, but we will yeah, answer. Okay. Well, we, we, he, he gave us one of his questions. We heard one. Yep, go ahead. Um, uh, again, tips, treasury inflation, protected securities. When you buy a standard bond, what they do, you know, you, you, you buy the bond, and then you have a set coupon payment. And that should we wait for him to come back here? I'm ringing in. Then uh, we have okay, good for you. Yeah, we have a set coupon payment, and you get your ten thousand dollars back at the end of the term. In the case of tips, what they do is they 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 subject that capital to uh, your investment to inflation, so they adjust it um, periodically. And so what happens is, uh, you know, a, a traditional bond is impacted negatively by inflation because, uh, you know, every time you know every year your capital gets to be worth less and less. And Where in this case. It gets we're in, worth more. We're more. in this point. Yeah, it essentially yeah. just keeps up with inflation. So you you you're getting an inflation-adjusted coupon payment as opposed to just you know one that's you know uh, getting you know what's worth and worth uh, worth less and less every year that you get it. Um, they are they always make news when inflation yeah. goes up because they're the one they're the one type of bond that aren't uh, that are yeah. ten, tending to increase in value as opposed to decrease in value. Is JB back? No. Okay. okay anyway, and by the way, so that's a great question. Yeah. Okay. If you do it long term. Okay, right. Because guess what? People have run out and run up the prices right. of Treasury Inflation Protected Series because they think it's going to be a good deal. So so we have, we have no argument with owning Treasury Inflation Protected Securities for part of your portfolio. We, we do have an argument for jumping in and out of them or owning them for a week or two or three. If you're going to do it, you know, do it for the long term. Yeah. Okay. JB, are you back? Yes. I don't know what happened. Yeah, Hello? I think you. I think you might have had a a, a bad connection there. Um, okay. Yeah. So I. I, I 
uh, go ahead. My question, yep. my question is, talk to me about TIPS bonds and I-bonds. Are they a good idea or not? Oh, just give me some general information, please. Sure, yeah. I guess in general we would say that they they are a good idea to own. Um, as part of a diversified as part bond of a diversified portfolio. Bond portfolio. Yeah, I mean, they're making news now because inflation is up. Um, but if you if you didn't already own them, you you sort of already missed a, a, at least a bunch of the return, right? I'm looking at the uh, the iShares tips bond ETF, which is ticker TIP, is uh, it's up six six percent, six and a half percent over the past year, while the while the you know the bond market as a whole is down a percent over the past twelve months. So, yeah. you you know, are they are they good to own? Yes, you should have already owned them. If if inflation continues to you know continues to go on this pace, they'll continue to do well. We assume. Um, but yeah, again, as part of a diversified portfolio, yes, we in general recommend them. Yeah. I'm not sure if we would um, recommend them as a as a tactical move right now, unless you're really confident that you think inflation is going to continue uh, on this pace or something like it. Exactly. You okay with that? All right. Yeah. Okay. But can you once again, what's the difference between the tips and the I bonds? Is there there must be some kind of a difference? Yeah, so we're mostly familiar with tips because those are the ones that you purchase. I think the I think the I bonds are the ones that you purchase directly from, you know, uh, directly from the U.S. government. So again, that's that's I'll something that I a, should. I take a pass. That we just work on the traded ones here. Sorry about that. Yeah. But, but JB, just a couple of bigger points about your question. Um, you know, if you think that inflation is going to go higher for the long term, yep, you should own some Treasury inflation protected securities in your portfolio. Okay. However. It shouldn't be all of them because you just don't know if inflation is going to be that much of an issue. If we have temporary inflation, okay, they may not, they may work poorly for the next three, four, five years given the circumstances. The, the other thing about your question is, to, yep, they should be in the portfolio. But anytime something comes up in the world like, oh, inflation's higher, people run out and buy those things and drive up the prices. So by the time most people get around to asking, should I buy tips in an inflationary world, the prices have already run higher in anticipation of that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't buy them, but it does mean you should probably plan to own them for a long time to kind of offset that price movement because people have jumped on that. So that's just kind of the natural part of the short-term market movements being a long-term investor. Did I explain that okay? That makes sense? Or? Yeah. Now, I, this might seem like a stupid question, but uh, how long are the tips? Uh, is, there a, is there a time frame if you bought a tips, like a year, three years, five years? What's, what's the story with that? Yeah, so again, an I-bond is, you know, has some restrictions on sale, and they're only sold in increments of 30 years. Um, okay. Yeah, so that's, I'm gonna, that's I'm, the I-bond. I'm going yep. to interrupt you. Yep. To get the I-bonds, um, the, the tips, let's talk about the tips. Yep. Yeah, What's so, the time frame for those? Again, th those are sold in multiple time frames from the Treasury. Although you know, you you can, I mean, you can go out there and you can purchase. I mean, most you know, you're you're going to buy tips through an exchange, right? You're going to have them in a brokerage account, so you'll be able to buy a tip of any maturity that you like. They're they're issued at varying maturities. I think they're. But you could also buy one that's already been sold. It's that's in in process sort of a thing. So you wouldn't buy a new one. You'd probably be buying older ones on the marketplace sort of a thing. But but that's how that's how it works. Is that helpful? That's right, Jamie. Are, yeah. you, are you are you buying in a, a, a brokerage account here, or, or, or would you be going yeah. directly? To, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, no. in, in that case, you can you'll be able to you know any bond that you buy through a brokerage, you know you're not going to be subscribing to the issue of of you know of new tips. If you're in you know if you have a Fidelity brokerage account, you're going to go ahead and you're going to buy, you know you're going to go search through their bond inventory and say you know I want to buy a you know a twenty year tips bond. I want to buy yeah. a five. year You can tips pick bond. your maturity yeah. basically up to I, I think it's a twenty years the, the longest one they make. I think. I think um, that that could be right. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, you can pick your maturity by just whatever you think you're comfortable with. I mean, do you have a time frame in mind? By the way, well, if if you don't need it, the longer you have it, I would assume that that would be the way to go. We, yes, no, we, you're yep. the experts. We, we'd be good huh? with that. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the you know the you t you tend to get a different interest rate, right? So if you're you know just like bonds, you tend to uh, the, the, you tend to get a higher interest rate the longer you tie up the money for it as far as your maturity, right? If you buy a 30-year bond versus a two-year bond, you're going to have a higher underlying interest payment. The same will work for tips. It's just, you know, it's just that in, in both cases, the inflation adjustment.
adjustments will apply to your interest payments. So, I mean, uh, I mean, if, if you okay. if you're buying them as a long term holding and they're going to be something that you know that you plan to hold on to for a long time, certainly you can go ahead and, and buy a longer term maturity, and you know you you'll have more volatility. I mean, the the same principles will apply to a standard bond where when inflation expectations are are running high, if you have a long term tips bond, you're gonna you're, you'll you'll have better performance, right? Because that bond is going to be repriced and everyone's going to say, oh, hey, this is valuable because I get to lock in my inflation-adjusted um, you know, coupon um, updates for 20 years, but it's going to be the reverse if inflation reverses, right? If, yep. you, buy, if you buy a long-term you know, 20-year tips, uh, tips bond, then what you're going to get is if, if in a year from now, if all of our supply chain issues are, 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 are solved and, you know, the economy is, is you know, uh, has, is not uh, kind of overheating and people are, you know, people aren't, you know, fighting for jobs and people aren't having to, you know, employers aren't having to pay a bunch more money, inflation expectations may drop substantially, in which case the value of your tips or, you know, fund or tips bond is probably likely to drop substantially J as well. JB, if you want to hang with us, we've got some other questions. We're just going to have to take a break. It'll only be a couple minutes. And if not, All right. ho hopefully it would help. Uh okay. Thank you. You've helped me out a lot. All Thank right. you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Alyssa Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Your investment strategy should largely be determined by the amount of time you have before needing the money. If you are aggressively invested, time is your friend when it comes to your portfolio recovering from this scary stock market. If you need your invested money soon, it should have been conservative to begin with. If you're not sure how your money is invested, I'd be happy to offer my opinion. 781-834-2010. And we are back. Welcome back to McNamara on Money. My name is Justin McNamara alongside <laughs> Michael McNamara doing our Halloween tricks and treats show. We just had a great question from uh, from JB about tips. And I, I, I should answer one of his questions. One of the problems with us not doing individual securities is that we, yeah. we kind of get caught yeah. uh, not knowing, you know, for example, how uh, what what uh, what tips, you know, Treasury inflation market, Treasury inflation protected securities are issued at the answer per the U.S. Treasury. Uh, so you can, at issuance, they are issued in five-year, 10-year, and 30-year maturities. Yeah, okay. Right. So you, that's, okay. if, you wanted to, if you wanted to buy direct from the U.S. Treasury uh, when they have their issuance, you can go ahead and buy a 5, a 10, or a 30. Again, m for most folks, most yeah. folks are probably buying them through an exchange, which means you can essentially pick your maturity, right? You could do a 29-year, you know, you could do 30 and under yeah. um, when you're going out to buy it. But yeah, that's, that's right. I guess I didn't. I, uh, yeah, it's been. A well, well, by the way, we we shouldn't apologize for doing mutual funds <laughs> yeah, as I opposed know. to individual st stocks and bonds. Don't feel inadequate about that. That's right. So, we do. Yeah, it's yeah. just no, no. I, we do get caught when someone asks a yeah. uh, a question about an individual stock. You know. Yeah. Well, 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 by the way, let, let's put that in a greater context. If anybody that's listened to this show for a long time understands that, yeah. folks, uh, we manage money for folks, and we use uh, investment vehicles called mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, which are vehicles with many stocks and many right. bonds in there, and, and some of them professionally managed, some of them not. But the bottom line is, we believe in the safety of numbers, and we do not, on a bet, buy or sell individual securities for folks, except in some very rare circumstances when, for some clients who, who ask us to do so, and we'll do that over here and not recommend. Yeah, so, not, at our, not at our recommendation. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. we're, we're very proud to not recommend individual stocks and bonds because okay the risk level in doing that for most people listening to the show is not worth it pl pl plain and simple okay so yeah. the short story is broadly diversified bets on stocks are much better than buying one or two or three and the same thing applies for bonds and anything else so so you, you if and by the way folks if you listen to other financial talk radio shows they probably have a different spin on that but that's ours and we're very comfortable with that yeah okay boring is good in our world in terms of things <laughs> like that all right, trick. I don't know where my money goes. Treat yourself <laughs> treat yourself to a budget. Track your income and expenses with financial software. The B word, budget. Budget. 
By the way, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know what percentage of Americans have a budget, but I don't think it's very high, and I'll just leave that there. Okay, I, I think according to the, the a Schwab uh, survey or something, 67% of Americans are on a budget. I don't believe that. I think most of them are not telling the truth. Okay, 80% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, which probably means they're not on a budget either. But folks, the, the trick to financial uh, stability is to know where your money comes in, know where it goes, and, and be mindful of that, okay? Uh, yep. And you can't live within your means unless you know what your income and your expenses are, folks. Okay, uh, by the way, treat. As of 10-16-21, a 10-year treasury yields 1.5%. The trick is that if you subtract 15% in federal tax and 5.4% inflation from that, you end up with a minus 4% return on your 1.5% treasury. Okay? Yep. Think about that for a minute, folks. You earn 1.5, guaranteed, no risk. Yep. You pay 15% of that in federal taxes, okay? Mm -hmm. So now you got 85% of 1.5, whatever that is. Right. And then if you subtract 5.4% inflation, that's what you can buy with it. You're down 4%. Hello? That's called a real return, folks. Yep. And as an investor, you should be very mindful of a, a real return. A real return is what you get to keep after you pay your taxes and adjust for the effects of inflation, which is what your money can buy. Your money's only as good as what you can buy with it, folks. Which is why folks like JB are now asking about tips, right? Yep, in, exactly. in that, you know, in, yep. in his yep. example, yep. if JB had bought himself yep. uh, you know, a 30-year tips bond, yep. his, his principal would have been adjusted upwards based yeah. on that inflation. By the way, JB, if you want the best inflation against in, uh, inflation protection, buy stocks. The historical after-tax, after-inflation return in stocks has been significant for long periods of time. Yep. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yep. Okay. All right. Trick. This was last year, but the information, so the information's a little stale, but the point is still correct. Okay. okay. I'd have to check now, but Italy just issued some new government bonds that paid 0% to buyers. Really? That was in 2020. That was the, the trick. Okay. <laughs> there, there is no treat. Italy is a financial basket case. Okay, and if you're going to buy a bond from Italy paying zero, I'm thinking you're going to be in trouble sooner or later, folks. Okay. <laughs> By the way, Japan, Greece, Venezuela, Lebanon—they are actually uh, in the same predicament as a, a bunch of other countries are. But I, I have to chuckle. Okay, in low interest rates. Yeah. Okay, countries with very low credit readings—the kind of financial basket cases—can go borrow money at zero. I, I what? Uh, this is crazy. It's just, it's just silly, folks. I don't know. I spec. It must be because they, they there's requirements about pensions that have to buy yeah. buy bonds uh, or something uh, like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't think many investors are probably signing up and, and saying, "Oh, hey, we can go grab our uh, our zero percent Italy bond. They, they, they're issuing them next month. Let's go." Uh, uh, it's probably mostly big institutions well, that are forced for some reason to own them. Yep. Because I mean, you you can't hold like a you know uh, five hundred million dollars in cash. You got to put it somewhere. Yeah. Stocks. Yeah. Okay. Treat. Modern monetary theory says you create new money as needed, and when inflation comes, raise taxes. Repeat. Let's see. Create money when inflation, create money as you need it. When inflation comes, just raise taxes and repeat. I don't know, I don't know where you found this modern monetary that, theory. That, that's the treat. The trick is, I don't want to find out what the trick is where did you? when you play that game. <laughs> you, you look up monetary, modern monetary theory, that's the theory. Okay, and there are some folks in Congress who believe that, and that's frightening. Moving right along. Trick. The financial, uh, this is important. Okay. The financial world continues to invent new flavors of investments to sell to unsophisticated investors who don't need them. Okay, a a an example of that, my example of that would be cryptocurrency, okay, uh, special purpose acquisition corporations called SPACs, S-P-A-C-S, yep. that's the latest hot one, folks. Then we have alternative investments, active ETFs, smart beta funds, long short funds, whatever. Folks, I've been in the investment world for 40 years, and every year they invent new flavors that people could buy because the old flavors they invented last year didn't work. Okay, and it has been a continuous cycle. By the way, 
there is some great evolution in investments and investment products over time, but there's a lot of noise and stupid stuff that happens along the way, and you have to be aware, aware of those things. Right. Okay, so, so that's the trick. So treat yourself, okay, uh, to a glass of wine, and remember that you are a long-term investor. Short-term events are market, and market movements are random and unpredictable. Investment odds favor long-term. Don't, don't, get, don't get involved in the newest whiz-bang stuff, folks, because 95% of the time it blows up, goes to heck, and, and, and you shouldn't have done it sort of a thing. But it's just, it's just it goes back to marketing and stuff. Yeah. Like that. yeah you know, just, we, we have a very boring, by the way, we have a very boring financial practice, okay? When the world falls apart, we don't, our telephones don't ring off the hook, okay? Uh, because we like to think we have a sensible, you know, we're not going for the home runs, so we're not going to strike out. We're going to accept reasonable and realistic returns and not try to get crazy. That's what we're trying to do, okay? That's not how most people think about investments, right? Or, or many people think about investments. I'll stop there. What's your reaction to that? I, I mean, I, I would just say that, you know, just going back to the... Um, you know the the issuance of new products. I mean, if you th if you think about you know a, a good example is ETFs, right? So yeah. ETFs, which are now you know extremely popular. I, I don't know if they've taken that over. That was a good concept. Now it's getting abused. Uh, well, oh, I mean, I was going to say it was a good concept, but but we, I mean, it, it really wasn't popular until yep. you know they were invented in the 90s, right? right. E ETFs. Yep. Most people are are exchange you know, traded funds. Yep. they look like mutual funds are a little different. That's all you got to know. That's right. Yeah, yeah and mo I think most people now probably are familiar with that term. Um, but it was created back in the 90s. It really, it really wasn't popular until the 20, probably the 2010s. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they initially said, just buy the markets and don't pay management fees. Right. They own the whole stock market, only the whole international stock market, the bond market. Keep it cheap and go. Yeah. That that is dramatically changed now. There we have ETFs of the yin yang in terms of what flavors of investments are all over the place. They're getting just 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 like mutual funds did when I broke into this business. Every year there's new. Flavors and new spreads right. and new twists. You know, uh, there's always something new that you should be thinking about. I guess, I guess, yeah. The point that I was making was that it that it, you know, the ETF was created. It was a good idea. Clearly, it's it's you know, it has benefits. We use them for you know, I, I think you know, 100% of our clients. Yep. I'm, that's maybe, I mean, maybe it's 99.9, whatever the number is. But we didn't know that it was such a great thing. It, it took a while for it to be widely accepted yeah. and for yeah. everyone to say, you know, to sort of get get out there and understand. Okay, this is a this is a good structure for a product. Yeah. It has all the these benefits, uh, you know, it just doesn't. It, it wasn't like in. It was created in. I don't know. I don't know what year it is. I think it's the mid '90s. Um, it wasn't like it was created in 1995 and immediately everyone adopted right. it and said it's a great idea. I mean, it's it's, it's hard. These things take time. Yeah. But now that they've done that, they're yeah. starting to be abused because there's multiple flavors <laughs> popped up, and now yeah. they have ETFs where the the there are actually management fees in there. Their prices are going higher. So it's like anything else. They just yeah. market it to death. What what can, what can we make up new to get people to buy this week? You know, and that's that keeps the game going from a marketing yep. point of view. Bitcoin yeah. ETF. Hey, we got a lot. We got a lot of smart, smart folks down on Wall Street, and they got to do something. Yeah, yeah. They can't right. just say, "Hey, buy the S and P." You know, buy the U.S. <laughs> stock market, buy the overseas markets, buy the bond market, mix them up, close your eyes, have a nice life, and uh, move on. Okay, uh, but that's hard to do when you're getting bombarded. Yeah. Every day across the world here. All right, let's see. Uh, where are we here? Okay. Um, trick. I don't think I'm saving enough for retirement. <laughs> yeah. Treat, treat yourself to a less expensive car and drive it a long time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, we are an auto nation. We love our cars. Is this your, right? okay, this is just your, uh, we've entered the, your uh, random uh, thoughts I, part of I, the. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of make, I told yeah. you, I'd save this for the end to kill a few minutes at the end here. But just think about, folks, think about what you spend on cars. Yeah. Okay, think about depreciation. Okay, uh, you know, if you buy a brand new car and drive it two years and sell it, Take a look at the spread in yeah. terms of what... By the way, people don't understand bid and ask or buy and sell. Okay, but if you bought a brand new car, take a look at the depreciation schedule for the average new car in America. You know, you drive it out the door and it's 15% cheaper than you bought it. And yep. another year, it's down 20, you know, 20, 25%. I mean, the automobiles are depreciating assets. They've become so good in the last 10 or 15 years that you can comfortably drive one for eight or 10 years, okay, and, and still be safe and safe. Sensible, yep. okay, and and the cost of that versus how most folks buy their cars, okay, is significant.
significant. But my point is that if you're looking for places to cut money in your budget, automobiles and how long you drive them and how, much, how you buy them is one place you might want to look. Okay? Okay. I just I'm with you. Have to be Live within your means. We did a, we did a whole show about I, that not I, long I, ago. I have to be, you know, sensational about that to get people's attention or something like yep. that. Okay. All right. Here we go. Trick. I don't think I'm saving enough for retirement. Treat yourself to a mortgage that's retired when you are. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. People live in three or four or five houses over their lifetime. They get bigger and more expensive as you buy them, right? Yep. Okay. And every time you buy a new one, you do a 30-year mortgage. Yep. So when you're 55 and bought your last house and you have a 30-year mortgage, when do you retire? You know? Or if you're 50 and you bought your last house, when do you retire? With a thirty-year mortgage, okay? yeah, uh, you know it's you know the if you read generic financial planning thoughts, okay, uh, your income in retirement is going down by twenty or thirty percent, if not more. Yep. Okay. Well, then, if your income's going down by twenty or twenty-five or thirty or thirty-five percent, your expenses probably have to do the same thing. Yep. Okay, and most people just take a look at your principal and interest payments on your mortgage, multiply it by uh, 12 payments, and I'll bet you it's 20 to 35% of your income. Okay, and so a very easy way for folks to have a leg up in retirement is to have a mortgage retired when you are, but we don't think about that. It's a simple thing to do, but it means you might not buy as many houses or as bigger houses, or it might mean you might have a, a bigger mortgage payment than you're planning on so you can buy that car, okay, or, or something like that. But my, my point, folks, is the one, one thing you can do on your own yeah. without having to worry about stock markets is make sure that you have no debt upon the time that you retire. And if you run your life that way, there's a pretty good chance your odds of retirement are going to be pretty good, just given the circumstances. You okay with that? I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, we'll move, let's move on from that one. That one's, okay. we've, we've covered that one recently. Yeah, I understand. Same with the next one. I can't get rid of my charge card balance. That's the trick. Okay, I can't get rid of my charge card balance. Well, the fact is you treated yourself to things you could not afford. Yep. Okay. Okay. Get rid of that. Okay. Moving right along here. Ooh. Okay. We have 10 minutes yeah, left. Do you, want, do you want to pick these I have plenty of time. strategically? Well, you, you want to pick a couple? Be my guest. Well, no, I haven't looked at these yet. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> treat. I want to treat my children to the best colleges, but I can't save enough money. Okay. Who, who doesn't want to do that? Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. First, take a number. You have a lot of company in that regard. And second, the trick is send them to a school you can afford. Uh, uh, and, and while you're at that, okay, have a retirement plan for yourself that will actually tell you how much you can afford to pay for college for yep. your kids. Yep. Okay. Um, co college costs, who wants to deny their kids anything? And, and college costs, you, folks, you either save enough money. You take it out of cash flow if you can to pay for college, yep. or you borrow money, right? Okay, and you know because college costs are so silly, and because it's a major expense, you just have to be careful about that when it comes to your own retirement. Yep. And, and most people either don't think about it, or if they do think about it, they don't have a big financial plan in place, so they really know how much money they could could afford for college. No, those are hard hard decision sort of a thing. I didn't say it was easy, but yeah. you can get yourself into trouble for your own retirement with college costs, and people should know that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I that? think, yeah, and, and everyone has to, it's it's especially hard um, when you're planning that far in the future, right? I mean, there, there are plenty of, I think, you know, there are plenty of jobs out there. There are plenty of industries where, where it may make sense, and, and you can get a leg up by going to, a, you know, a great college and, and, you know, having that on your resume. It's certainly not the only thing that's that's factored into employment but but you know you can make a you can make a case that a uh, a, a good college on your resume is worthwhile if if you're if you have a specific high-end occupation right. in mind that needs significant training. Yep. You're going to med school, I'm okay with that. But if, <laughs> right. if, if, if you don't have an idea what you want to do for a living, or if you're going to do something for a living that's not going to be able to pay off your college loans, maybe you ought to rethink that. Right. right. 
Yeah, and again, I mean, the yeah, the issue that I was pointing out was that in advance, it's hard. You know, when when your kid is six months old, mm -hmm. it's hard to you know because uh, expensive colleges are so expensive. You have to plan in advance for them. Generally, again, for most people, yeah. obviously there are exceptions. Yep. Um, but then there are other. You know, it, it may turn out that uh, your your kid's chosen future or occupation doesn't really may, may not need a college degree at all. Yeah. Uh, and there, and it also may it may not need a a, a particularly uh, high Higher end college that are that tend to be more expensive. So it's it's again I don't know yeah, I don't I, really have much. It's super. It's very difficult to plan in no. advance for because it's so expensive. I, I could have saved myself a Villanova and Providence education. <laughs> I should have just hired you two out of high school. Think about yeah. that for a minute. No? We had to put. I don't. I think we our CFPs require us to have. Uh, you know. We oh, could, it uh, does. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, just it requires you to have three years of training. So theoretically, It's been yeah. a long time since we we've, we've got our CFPs. Co co college costs are frightening, folks. Yeah. Just choose wisely. You know. Um, ask yourself, by the way, if, if you went to college and you're a parent, just ask yourself, are you doing what you planned on doing when you were in college? Yeah. Okay, did you stay in that career and did you need to do what you did sort of thing? Spe speaking as a biology education major from Tufts with a master's and doctorate in education from Boston College, no, I'm not doing what I thought I was going to do when I was 18. There's probably a whole lot of people that fit that same description. So go to a state school, get a broad-based you know, liberal arts education and you know, at, at less expensive and get serious later if you are sort of a thing. But it's just it's just really scary for a whole lot of people. We we see some folks with some college debts they assume for their kids, and it's not pretty sometimes when it comes to retirement calculations. Yep. So, it, it, you know, uh, an old friend of mine a long time ago said, go hunting where the ducks are. If you, go, if you have to go hunting to watch your expenses, cars, homes, mortgages, and college are some pretty good places to look in terms of how that would work, because that those are where the ducks are for most people in terms of dollars, okay? Okay. I, I, yes, I get a little, uh, uh, you know, uh, crazy, but I, I hope the point is, is taken well. It's serious stuff. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Trick. You don't have a clue about if or when you can retire. Treat yourself to a comprehensive written financial plan. Speaking as a certified financial planner practitioner, I guess that could be a biased comment, right? What do you think about that? I think so. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, um, folks, think about your financial life. Think about how complicated it is. Think about all the moving pieces, not just with your investment, but with insurance and mortgages and all kinds of stuff in your life. Okay, um, most folks don't have the time or the energy or the expertise to deal with all of those areas of your life, and maybe you need some help and it just might be worth it. Uh, if you're going to talk with a financial advisor, pardon my bias, but a certified financial planner practitioner is the gold standard for people who can probably give you advice on a variety of financial related topics, not just your money. And I'm sorry, most people could use a little help on that. So pardon my bias, but that's okay. Uh, okay. Trick, you're struggling financially with cash flow. Treat, live within your means or earning more money, right? Hey, there you I, go. I, I, yeah, I'm, my, my expenses are too big. Okay, let me see here. Either make more or spend less. Is there any other solution to how that works? No. Nope. No, no, okay. And, and if you go down that path and build up some debts and some charge card, the further you go, the harder it is to climb back and fix that sort of a thing. So folks, try, try, try to pay attention to your money and your cash flow and your expenses. Uh, it, it's, it's just so complicated out there in the world and it's so difficult to live with, uh, with where things are these days. So you just have to be careful about that. Okay. Uh, trick. My house will be a great investment. Treat yourself to some analysis. Add what you spent for improvements <laughs> to what you paid for your home and then see what your gains were. Okay. You know, you know, let's see. If I buy a home, it'll appreciate five or six percent a year for the rest of my life. By the way, pr probably or maybe. But, you know, if I did the math on the home I live in with two bathrooms, one major kitchen remodel, uh, and a few other things going on that, that didn't come under the heading of home maintenance, if I did my calculation for what my house really earned, I would surprise myself. And I think a lot of people would in terms of that. No, yeah. no, I'm not talking about maintenance stuff, but yep. improvements sort of a thing. So, okay, you should not look at your home as an investment. It'll probably make you some money, okay? But, you know, if you sat down and did the math, 
your return would probably be three or four percent over okay over over your life, not the five or six or seven that the real estate agents tell you you'll probably earn if you sit there long enough. Yeah, I think I I mean I think it probably would be accurate to say that uh, owning a, owning a residence is a great way of forced saving yep. for a lot of people, yep. right? But it does, yep. that doesn't mean that it's a great investment per yep. se when compared to other investments, right? Yep. I mean, there's not the, the which. Again, it's, we're not saying it's necessarily bad, and you can certainly, depending on how you handle your house, I mean, I, I would say the same thing. My house has probably doubled in value since I bought it yeah. less than 10 years ago, yeah. but, but then uh, if I think about how much mm, I've put into it, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's not that return isn't all that high. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't even want to do it. Do especially, you, right? if you li- especially if you live, you know, and a lot of us are just sort of, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. and you know, and all of a sudden everybody has the, you know, subway yeah. tiles behind their, behind their countertops, and now, you know, we need that too, and yeah. so a lot of it is not necessary, yeah. and and will exactly you know it's good for your it's yeah. you know well it, there's it, a difference between improvements and maintenance too that's right you know, you know and by the way maintenance costs in house could be significant depending right but I, I think th- that's just the point and a lot of improvements aren't done to aren't done for the return yep yeah, they're done you know for for because they because you want to live in a nice house and right like, right yeah. exactly okay all right so so by the way so trick my house would be a great investment well You'll make some money in it, but great investment. I I take the quotes away from those. Okay. uh, Anyway, treat. I can use the equity in my home for retirement. The trick is probably not. Okay. Uh, So, so (laughs) folks, if, if, if there are some folks listening to us who are planning on taking their home, selling it, buying a smaller home, and taking some money off the table, okay? Yep. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to work because it's our experience that people buy smaller, better homes for the same price that they sold their old one. You know, God forbid, if you have a $500,000 home and a $200,000 mortgage, if you sell that $500,000 home, you're going to go buy a $300,000 home to be in the same place, yeah. right? With the, okay, and so if you had a home with no mortgage in retirement for 500000 and you're going to downsize, remember I said this, you're probably going to buy a home that's close to 500000 and be in the same place. Right. That, 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 and so don't count on the equity in your home to live on if you're going to live there forever. Yeah. And again, this goes back. I mean, this is one of those experiential things that, you know, we work with so many clients over the years that we can we can say, all right, well, we can say that. How many how many people are actually using their home equity to live off of? And there certainly are some. I think it's 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 more common at the extremes. Right. I mean, if you if you if you grow up in a very, very nice not, not grow up if you if you own a nice house and you know it's worth a couple of million bucks and then you know your your kids leave and, and you want to retire you can slum it down to a million dollars on occasion house. yeah though, though we tend to see those but you know for for the average person who's living in you know kind of a, a we'll, we'll call it a middle class house yeah. we don't see it very often where there is substantial assets taken out on the sale and then you know put into retirement capital it's just it, it just doesn't happen that if often you're bank- doesn't mean it can't yeah that goes to yeah. do I pay off my mortgage for before I start investing? The answer is no. Yeah. Okay, you do both at the same time yeah. for most people. Okay, again, uh, just you know, consult your financial planner about that, but no, I would not, okay, I'm going to get my mortgage to zero, then I'm going to start putting money in the 401k. Not a good plan. You got one more trick-or-treat? Okay, I got one more. Is that the time? Okay, let's yeah, see. Yeah, we got just a minute left. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, trick, social security won't be there for me. You can't. This is a bad last one. Yeah, okay. Well, what, what, pick one. Is there no, no, that's one? fine. No, keep uh, going. Keep uh, going. Treat. What's the treat? Uh, the treat is, yeah, it'll be there, but maybe not as much as you're thinking about, depending <laughs> on your income and how much money you have in your retirement plan. Okay. They have to go to means testing for Social Security to make it work in the future. My guess. Unless they, yeah, okay. unless they raise yeah, the tax. And, then, and, yeah. yeah, unless and, and, unless they raise the tax. But means testing means this, folks. Let's see. We're supposed to send you three thousand dollars a month for your Social Security check. How much do you have in your four hundred one k? Huh, six hundred thousand dollars. I will send you two. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, folks who need it. Okay, on whatever scale the judgment the government makes about need, we'll probably get it. Lower income folks for as large, but folks who have decent income or whatever, you may get a haircut on it. Okay, it'll be there, but it might not be for as much as you want given the circumstances. Okay with that? I'm okay with that. I think that. Okay. Got time for one more or are we done? I think we're I think I hear a soft music playing in the background, so we oh, should wrap okay. it up. Okay. In that case, do right. you have, have any summary comments? What? Happy Halloween, Happy everybody. Halloween. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. 